Hi, I hope you're well. It's been quite a while since I recorded one of these and I apologise for that. And I know some of you are following the Bible in one year reading plan still because you've told me so. And I am too, although for one reason or another I just haven't got round to recording these reflections. So to some of us that might, this might seem this bit I'm going to cover today a bit like ancient history. To some it might be more recent, to some it might, you might not even be there yet, but uh, I pray that as I bring this reflection it will have something to say to where we are at now. I know that that was certainly true about the writing, because I did have in mind something I wanted to say about this section, but then as I was flicking through the passages in preparation, something else stood out to me, a couple of other things really stood out to me, and they feed into what I uh, spoke about last Sunday when we talked about the church as a body and everybody needs a body and all that sort of stuff. The period that this covers is towards the end of Numbers and a chunk of Luke's Gospel. But one of the things that stood out to me was a Bible verse. When I was a kid if I had done something naughty and I tried to cover it up but news of it got back to my mum she would sometimes quote this verse to me. Be sure your sin will find you out. And that said, there was kind of an unspoken paraphrase to that, which probably struck more terror into me, which was, be sure your mum will find you out. But let's not go into that. But that verse appears here in Numbers 32 on day 91. But its context is quite interesting, and we'll come to that later. On day 92, we read of Luke's account of feeding of the 5,000. But although I was aware of this, something about the context struck me really afresh. Up until this point, the disciples had been mere awestruck spectators watching on as Jesus did all the work. It was, but it was his intention, so that it, it was never his intention that it should stay that way. So on day 91, we read about Jesus sending them out on their first mission. They preached and they healed and they seemed to have made something a bit of a splash. You know, they came to the attention of Herod, who was left perplexed by what they were doing. He wondered, what's going on here? And then the disciples come back to tell Jesus what's been happening. He takes them away to a town called Bethsaida, perhaps with the aim of giving them some rest or perhaps to debrief them after the mission. But they're followed by the crowds. Jesus welcomes them, teaches them, and heals them. And then the disciples urge him to send the crowd away and so they can get something to eat. And Jesus says, well, you do it. And it had never really struck me before that it was just right after that the disciples had had their first real experience of doing Jesus' stuff, that he issues this challenge. He tells the disciples, well, what have you been doing for the last few weeks? Yeah, you know, use your resources. And he tells them, use your resources and works through them. And it's this notion of caring for others through a people that comes across in a over a couple of days towards the end of the book of Numbers. There is much here and in the coming weeks that makes for very uncomfortable reading. 
We'll be moving into the conquest of Canaan stories and we'll come to that in a little while. Although something we always need to bear in mind is that we need to read all of this through the lens of Jesus. Remember, God is Christ-like, God has always been Christ-like and God always will be Christ-like. So if it's not Christ-like, we need to rethink whether it's of God. But there's an interesting episode in Numbers 32, day 91. To enter the majority of the promised land, the people have to cross the River Jordan. But the tribes of Reuben and Gad have noticed that the land on the east side, where they are now, was suitable for grazing, and they appear to have rather a lot of livestock. So they asked Moses, can we not just settle here? And Moses is a bit wary of this, and... Ultimately, he agrees, but he does so on a condition that they too have to go and help others receive their inheritance, to receive what God has for them. And he then adds that if they fail to do this, they will be sinning against the Lord. And if they do, they could be sure their sin will find them out. The sin that would find them out would be to simply look after themselves and not care about anyone else. Then on day 93, and amongst a lot of admittedly quite dry detail, we read of the tribes being told to set aside areas for the Levites. The Levites were not allocating a portion of land like the others. They were to represent God to the people and the people to God. And in return, the people would make space for them. And also they were to offer... Spaces of refuge for people who were on the run because they'd killed someone accidentally. In what would still be a fairly lawless society, it would be easy for blood fuels to spiral out of control. And so there were to be these places of safety to which someone could run and be kept safe until at least the facts were established. And so finally, there is another story about the daughters of Salophahad. That's a nice, easy name to say, Salophahad. He was a man who had five daughters and no sons. And this was a very patriarchal society. So when he died, there would be no inheritance for them. They'd be destitute. And he did die on the wilderness journey. And if nothing was done, not only would his name be lost to posterity, but what would happen to his daughters? Moses thinks, well, we've got a law here, but it doesn't seem to help us. And so it consults with God. And Moses sets a precedent to ensure, amongst other things, that in such circumstances where there are no sons, where, but the, the daughters would inherit the land, that the family would not be left destitute. And later another principle is established. If they were to marry someone from another tribe, then their tribe would be... Would you know, their land would become part of the property of that other tribe. So another principle was established that no land was to be transferred between one tribe to another. It would stay within their tribe. And the security of each tribe and clan was important. The security of each family and individual was important. We live in a society where more and more people are struggling financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. 
Do you know, it's true that the sins of our society and the lack of care we've had for one another have indeed found us out. But God still cares for each one of them. And we can pray for wisdom and, and solutions for the problems we face. But the most likely way God will answer those prayers is through us, through God using what he's given us and us using our whole selves, heart, soul, mind and strength for his glory and to seek his kingdom. And we can look at what we've got and we think, oh, well, it's not much, is it? Actually, it's a lot compared with most of the world. But it might still not seem like much given the extent of the need around us. Our world is full of people like those on whom Jesus looked and found them har feeling harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They do so badly. Need someone to care for them and to guide them. And Jesus looks on them with that same compassion. May we offer what we have to him. And may he find us where we are able to be willing to be the answer to our own prayers. Let's pray. Lord, we don't always understand the scriptures. And sometimes the bits we do understand challenges as much as the bits we don't. So help us to respond to your challenge to be the body of Christ in their world. May we be bold enough both to bring our prayers to you and to offer ourselves as part of the answer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things. Amen.